MindZone Muscle Community, welcome to the Fitness Pro Mentors interview series. If you want to hear some amazing interviews from amazing fitness professionals all over the world, please join our Fitness Pro Mentors private Facebook group. But today, let's make it rain. Mr. Steve Van Zant, Steve, how you doing today, man? I'm awesome, man. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, I'm honored to have you. Now, you're in Tampa, is that right? No, no, I'm actually in the Fort Lauderdale area. Oh, I just totally made that up. Oh, that's not a good start. <laughs> that's South awesome. Florida. Cool, man. Uh, so I'm really excited to unpack this here. And if anyone's listening to this, as you guys know, in the Fitness Pro Mentors Facebook group and online, we love talking to exercise titans, people who've been working in industry for a long time and learning more about their origin story and how they came to the position they are now. And Steve, I mean, honestly, I've been watching you for a while. I remember chatting with you before I opened my place and uh, yeah. you have already opened your spot and you were doing the entrepreneurial thing. Right. Yeah. I would spend, open the facility, the first facility has been approaching seven years almost. Seven years. That's awesome. Yeah. So, hey man, if you don't mind, uh, what's your origin story? You know, what's your superhero story? How did you get into the personal training world and find this crazy resistance training specialist path? Sure. My origin story. Well, it's probably not cool enough to make like a Marvel movie out of or anything like that, but I'll do my best to make it entertaining. Um, I, I was always interested in exercise, man, from a young age. It probably just started from being self-conscious teenager who played sports that wanted to put on some muscle and uh, I didn't really have any guidance. I actually, I think my mother bought me a personal trainer when I was like 14. It was my first real. Okay. Yeah, and we didn't even have money, man, but she saw like how much it was bothering me and how confused I was and trying to do any type of exercise by myself. I was trying to read books and I didn't really know. I didn't have any guidance outside of like gym class. So um, I always knew I was interested in it. Um, but, you know, honestly, I didn't really have money for college. I didn't know the route to take to do something with this thing. Uh, so I ended up joining the army after high school. Like about a month later, I was I was already serving in the in the, uh, in the military. And that allowed me to go to school because I got the GI Bill from them and all that. And so I did, I did three years of active duty before I really started. The journey, uh, an exercise science, um, that was, that was kind of like what everybody gets, right? The kind of foundational basic degree. And just to give me a chance to figure out what route I want to go, I, I signed up for that. But um, a monkey wrench was kind of thrown in my plans, man. I, was out of the military for three years and I got recalled back in as I was in school going for this. I, um, uh, when the, the Iraq war happened and everything, I was still under contract, uh, as a reservist. Uh, it's one of those rare things, man. They just didn't have enough guard and reserves to, to send people over. Um, you know, a lot of those guys just weren't physically up for it and I stayed in shape and I got a letter and I had to go back in. I actually served a year in Iraq um, around 2005 to 2006. Wow. And so um, it was kind of the best and worst thing that happened to me, man, because when I got back, um, I felt really behind. Like I was really had to make up for lost time. And I just went in cycle mode, dude. I just got really super focused and I was taking lots of credits trying to get done as fast as I could. Um, but I started getting really good grades and just started uh, doing well with the school thing. And finally, when I got my undergrad, I, uh, I started personal training, I actually started with an internship working with a lot of NFL guys. It was pretty intense. That's and, cool. Nice. Um, yeah, but it was also it's crazy. It's intimidating. Like you could, you graduate college and then you're working, I was working with like plastic bureaus and 
some of these other guys, man. That I was a big Giants fan, so that was cool. Um, so uh, I was, I, I did that, and then I actually worked at a at a facility for about three years. So just uh, it was all one-on-one personal training stuff, and that's kind of where I got my ground. And uh, I don't know, around 2010, maybe. Uh, I actually had Peter was my instructor came out and taught us a jump start course. And awesome. I don't need to tell you, anybody who knows him, man, how much how captivating he is. And I just remember sitting there thinking, wow, like this guy is the real deal. Like if I'm ever going to be great at this thing, I, I need to know what this guy's done, what route he's taken. And you know, this is truly an expert. You know, th- it just was amazing. I was blown away by his knowledge. And, and, and as you know, he's just big and could be this big intimidating guy, but he was so humble and nice and cool and funny and everything. So it made you feel good about it. Um, and as he's teaching this class, he's also selling RTS saying, Hey, take RTS. He even had the shirt. Remember the take RTS shirt on and the whole <laughs> thing. And he kept plugging this class. Cause at that point, a lot of the instructors were for both organizations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so sure enough, they're like, Hey, all right, well, if we get enough people, let's do it. So a few months later he was back and we were doing, RTS, which at the time was RTS one, two, three. And at that point, it was just more of a watered down version of all the mastery stuff that Tom teaches. So very technical, very sciencey, very overwhelming. Right. I just remember thinking like, wow. Um, But the problem was, I think a lot of people would take the class and not really know how to apply it. So they, I think Tom realized that over the years has gone by and it's evolved to we called it an RTS practical course. So to make it mostly hands-on because you have to feel and experience these things along with the, the science stuff. Like you have, you have to know how these things feel if you're going to instruct clients. So it became much more hands-on and the class was great, but the number one complaint, which isn't really a complaint um, that we need more time because they're just, we're so crunched with time. It's a two day class. And which really should be over a course of a semester, all this stuff, but we're teaching it really in a total of six days and two day increments. And so if you have a decently full class, it feels kind of rushed because you want everybody to experience it, everybody to cue things, everybody to understand, and you want questions and all that. So now this is where Tom developed all these videos that you can go online and watch over and over again a lot of the, uh, the science stuff so we can spend more time in class just applying these things. Yeah. And that's kind of where we're at with it now. Um, but uh, but going back to, you know, with learning from from Peter and whatnot, once I finished that course, I knew right away, like, I have to go this route. And it kind of evolved from around 2000. Oh, geez, I can't even get my year straight. Out of 2014, maybe or something like that. I I went, went to my first Oklahoma course um, and then. I said, listen, I, I once I did the first and I go, I'm in for all of them. I'm just, I'm in, I'll find a way to pay for it. I'm going. And then I just did the next, whatever, four of them like in a row. And my plan was once I opened my facility, it's like, man, I got to get this thing taught in my new, my place. So I said, but before I bring any of this up, I really need to make sure I really own it, understand it. I wasn't even thinking teaching yet. I just wanted one hosted. And, and that's what I did uh, after being at the facility for a year and a half or so. I had one of the instructors, Jay Braun, came down and, and did a couple courses out of my facility. 
as I was going to the mastery courses as well. Nice. And once I uh, completed all the courses, you know, you got to test that with Tom, which is about as an intimidating experience as you can ever do. With this dude for like seven hours, and you know, he could care less if you pass or fail. He's not in, interested in passing you unless you, he's confident you understand this stuff. So. I was pretty nervous about that. Like I wanted to hit a home run with all that stuff and I did good enough. You know, I passed and I, I mentioned to him after the fact, I said, look, listen, listen, I know I have a lot to learn and I always will, but I'm in a really great market down here in South Florida. There's, I mean, you throw a rock, you're going to hit a fitness facility down here. There's tons of trainers. I just had two really full classes and I'm really feeling good about teaching this down the road. If you so think I'm up for it. And he said, I'll invite you to the next instructor's meeting. And I went to the next instructor's meeting a few few months later, and I did a class a few months after that. Did well, and I've done several since, and here we are. So it's been fun. Dude, you said a lot we got to unpack there. So we're going to blast <laughs> through all of this. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, Peter, I mean, if anybody is not familiar, Peter Chason was uh, my immediate mentor, but a mentor to a lot of people. He was a steward for the RTS and MAT program for quite a while. He was the teacher in Canada for both of those programs, and he was an infectious personality. I mean, he could tell the most terrible religious joke to a religion person and make them <laughs> laugh. And he was yeah. this five eight boisterous bodybuilder that could make anybody who looked at him and was intimidated from this not natural body, as he would tell everybody, make them feel comfortable and want to hug them like a big right. teddy bear. But at the same time, yeah. while being a badass bodybuilder, motorcycle guy, he was also concurrently uh, a brilliant instructor and storyteller around the mechanics. And so, I, Steve, I actually I didn't know he was your first uh, impression uh, of this whole thing. So that's, I mean, honestly, in my opinion, one of the best experiences to get the whole thing started. Yeah, I was lucky to have him, man. I mean, I've been lucky to have a lot of great instructors. I mean, some of the people you've been interviewing, you know, Matt Bernier, I mean, uh, and, and uh, Johnny Cook, and these guys are these guys are rock stars, man. Um, They're all rock stars except for Johnny, but we'll talk more about that another time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so that's amazing, man. And so with all of that, I mean, there's a lot of things there. And I want to come back to one of the first things that you said is that you served and you spent quite a bit of time, a few years serving, and then interrupted and had to spend another year serving. I know yeah. when you're serving, there's an incredible amount of discipline. I mean, you have to forego lots of personal freedoms to really serve and help and really try to do something bigger than yourself the discipline that you gathered from being from serving do you think that that discipline has served you well moving forward into your entrepreneurial venture of being a trainer 100 percent, 100 percent. um i have to give that credit um i i might have had a little bit of that in me already but for sure the the military took it to the ninth to the, uh just the ability to overcome obstacles, really what it is, is to keep pushing through, to keep soldiering on. And if I had to give somebody advice that was open to the place, man, you just have to have an incredible stomach for failures <laughs> and be able to keep pushing. That's really what it is. You just have to have an undying will to not quit because you're going to have to be able to stomach endless disappointments to be successful. And you know, if you don't have that endurance, if you don't have a stomach for it and you're not going to be successful, you, you, you have to really have a passion for it. And when you have a passion for it, you're willing to deal with the blows because you're doing something you love. And when you love something, you, you go to the extreme for it. And so I, that's the one thing is you can't teach. You can't teach a passion you either have it or you don't. And that's okay if you don't, but too many trainers confuse. I enjoy doing this as a recreational thing to now 
well, I'm going to do this for a career. And it's totally, completely different. Yeah. Um, there's this, I don't know if I want to call it, I mean, that's why I like saying make it rain and it's so cheesy, but I mean, for someone to be a leader, and I don't like saying boss, but someone who is guiding people through their fitness journey, I mean, you have to respect that what you're doing, what I'm doing, you're not just a trainer anymore. You have two businesses. You have a business where you're garnishing and supporting clients and their overall well-being through the adaptations they get through what you do. And then you do have a trainer business. Like you are harboring right. and you have a business where you have trainers using your space and those are two separate things. And it's it's actually a lot tougher than people think. Like you really got to have management. <laughs> so you said like you got to have the stomach for it. You got to experience some failures. Man, you got to tell me is there a specific experience with a failure or something that you struggled with that you're open to speaking to that you had to kind of push through? Um, yeah, I mean, there's tons. I mean, I, it could be, it could be as simple as, um, you're just having a, a low, your clients, for example, maybe a lot of them are gone and you start getting a little depressed because you're not as busy as you like to be. And then that depression kind of just mounts up and before you know it, negative thoughts creep in and you start doubting yourself. That happens, you know, that people come and go and it's such an up and down because you could have one day to your clients, Hey, I, I got to move or something happened and I'm done. And you're like, Oh, and then the next day you pick up three people and like, it's okay. Everything's great again. That's it. It's always going to be that way. I mean, now I've done this long enough to where the vast majority of my clients are very long-term clients. So there's not a whole lot of revolving door stuff going on with me. And that's good because it's it's hard to have cons a consistent schedule, right? Um, and now I'm at the point where I want to do some other things. So I, I'm past the point wanting to have 30 or 40 sessions a week. I really don't want that. But you you have to get to a point where you know, you're making enough per session and all that where you can justify doing less sessions and then trying to find other means to make income. And for me, I really enjoy the teaching thing, so I'm kind of looking at that avenue. Um, but it, it could be that man. There's days where I come in, my my toilet backs up, and all of a sudden you're a you're a janitor for the day. Like those are the things you you don't consider when you open up a business. The problems. Uh, I sent some equipment out to some uh, a guy in Tampa actually, and they they fell off the truck and got damaged. I'm dealing with freight companies, and I'm on the phone with them, and it's just business owner stuff. So if you don't have a stomach for that and, and you just like the exercise piece, it's not for everyone owning a business, you know? So uh, those are things you got to deal with as a business owner, a lot of the junk. Um, but in my mind, it's always everything I do, whether it be cleaning the bathroom or vacuuming or, or, or modifying my equipment or training a client, it's all trying to push me towards a goal that I have in mind, a vision that I have in mind for the facility. And it's, it's more every every year gets closer and closer to that original vision I had. It's it's molding towards what I wanted because I never gave up on what I wanted in the end. You just sometimes you got to take a different route to get there. You know, there's no plan B's or C's. It's really it's plan A, point two, point three, and you just got to keep chugging forward, man. And I think that's what I would chalk chalk up to if you would call my success is just keep going, keep pushing through it, keep trying, keep bettering yourself, be authentic. And that's the thing. I just I try. I don't try to be anybody but myself. You're training people. They can sense if you're legitimate, if you're trying to sell something, or if you're truly trying to take care of them. They smell it, and it, and so that's why I never believed in having contracts and people trying to figure out how to operate their business. Should have had ten sessions, twenty sessions. Hey, if that works for you, great. 
But I never like having contracts because to me, if you don't want to be here, I don't want a piece of paper forcing you to be here. You know, like, and, and if you don't want to be here, it was it my fault. And I try to make sure I do everything I can. Now, if someone stops, I don't feel bad about it. I've done everything I feel like I could do. And you got to be okay with that. And it doesn't happen much, but you get some people that are flaky. It just happens. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you, you just have to really care. And, and the crazy thing is you might have someone that drops off for whatever reason, financial. Two years later, they're referring you like two or three people. And you're like, <laughs> I can't believe this person's the one who left. And, well, they, I must have had a good impression on them, right? Yeah. So I get that too, you know, someone out of the blue, like so-and-so you train. I don't remember their names. They're like, they liked you and here we go. So I don't never have to really put a lot of advertising out there, man. A lot of it is word of mouth. That's incredible. I mean, honestly, like you said, you've been doing this long enough and you do a consistent good job and you care and nurture for people. I mean, one of the things I really advocate for people who go through our marketing program is you should do such a good job when you communicate with people and be so genuine that even if they don't buy your product or they leave, they still say great things about you. Because at the end of the right. day, if you're a genuine good person and they don't buy from you, that's fine. They may not have been the type of client that you want or can even afford your services, or maybe they don't need your right. services. But if they like you and they see you as an authority on a specific niche of what you can do, which you obviously have, they'll say great things about you. I love that when that happens, when someone ghosts you and then they're like, okay, well, that's a bummer. Like I lost that client. And then all of a sudden you get like five referrals. And they're like, oh, Dawn sent me. She said, you're the best in town. Right. You're like, oh, she doesn't even see me anymore, but I'm happy to talk right. to you. <laughs> yeah. And who knows, that client might turn out to be a 10-year client, you know? So you give 100% every time. Even if it doesn't work out, it doesn't mean it didn't work out. It didn't work out then, but it's uh, you're putting your name out there. You're putting your reputation out there. So did I want to talk about some, you, you got some RTSE stuff that I want to talk about because I don't get to talk to too much, too many people about this, but I do have one question I want to ask you because you, as you said, you, you kind of went through this journey, you trugged through for several years and you're at this point now where you have a lot of long haul clients that have been with you for a while. You got a pretty steady schedule. There's still dynamic changes happen from time to time, but you're in a pretty good spot. You said keep going, but I'm wondering, could you speak more to some specific suggestions from a business end? Because one thing that I've experienced a lot of, hence why I've created this platform, is that, I mean, much like you, RTS Mastery, I taught that program. But for me at that time, because of Peter's influence, I was so passionate about the science that up to the age of 22, I spent a ton of money. I flew all over the country, took all these certifications, started teaching at 23, which is stupid. But I didn't have any clients. <laughs> I didn't have any clients. Okay. Like I was a really good instructor. Oh. I had some clients. I was up maybe 10 people, but I was f great communicator, had full classes, but I didn't teach. I hadn't learned how to fend for business myself. I was working at a place where there was a salesperson. I could renew people. And that put me on this journey to learn more about how to create communication and sales and business processes to develop. Hence where we are now and hence strata, which is super exciting. Could you speak to that journey for you as to what kind of things that you worked on in your business communication world that helped you grow your business that some newer trainers, so to speak, could learn from? Well, it's interesting that you say you taught first, man. I always say I'm practicing being an instructor every day. Yeah. Every day. Like I'm, I'm my, my, my clients are interested in why they're doing what they're doing. And for those who like maybe a little confused on what, what do I talk about during the break in the set? We talk about the show last night or what do we do? It's like, I just want to let you know, this is, do you notice this exercise? It gets a little lighter here. It gets a, you don't have to speak science, but un, let them know that every you're doing something for them. And there's a, a there is a thoughts behind the madness, if you will. There's I'm having, 
these things that I'm doing isn't just pulling out of you know my butt here. I'm trying to help this person um, in a way, and I got to explain it in a way that doesn't confuse them and make them you know sound too sciency. But I, I practice every day my cueing, how I talk to people, and like I have a 92 year old. I have I've had kids that are 10, and I might want them to know the same thing, but I'm not going to communicate the same way. So there's a lot of experience there, just talking to different personalities, communicating what you want to get through to them in different ways. And so then when it's time to teach, it's, I've done this for countless hours. So it, it kind of prepares me for it. So I, when I first taught, I wasn't even that nervous. I was excited, I was a little nervous, but I was excited because I, I felt confident in the information. Now, if I look back at it, I might thought I suck now because look, I've gotten better at it, I believe. But I, but at the time, I, I thought it was pretty good, you know, and I got pretty good feedback. But I mean, yeah, um, it, it's the 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 teaching thing. Um, it's it's more of a cherry on top. But you're really, if you're a trainer, you're a teacher. You're teaching. You're just you're instructing. You're teaching. You're guiding. It's not cheerleading. It's it's an you're, you're you're providing information guidance whether it be giving someone homework or just and also their your words your your positivity in a sense of if someone comes in do you think i'm going to get better yeah i think you're we're going to at least try i'm not going to tell them no or the reason you're having problems is your herniations and this and that all these negative stuff that i'm like dude 90 percent of people have some bulging discs or herniations or whatnot so and that really does impact the client a lot where they just feel like, oh, there's, I'm okay. Everything's fine. Yeah. Stop being so fragile. I know the doctor said don't lift more than this many pounds or lift above your head, but let's put some context to that. You know, these are people who want to live their lives, pick up kids, play with them, run, play, play tennis, whatnot. And if you're already telling, if you're telling that they're made of glass, that's, uh, you know, that, that has a real negative emotional impact on their psyche, right? So that's part of it too you know, keeping, showing them their progress. And uh, I'm not sure if I was answering your question on that. I'm not sure um, if that's where you're going with it, but the practice in my clients transfers over to my teaching. Um, so I don't know. Is that kind of that's perfect where man. you're going? Absolutely <laughs> perfect. And I should say I didn't teach first. I was working as a trainer, but I just didn't oh, okay. have, I didn't have the chops to grow my own business. I was still kind of codependent oh, okay. on working at a place to, I, you know, I was still working with clients at that point. They gave me, you know, I'm going to tell, I'll say this on, on recording now. They gave me a title where they called me the trainer of the trainers there, uh, not trademark. Nah. No, no. And we're Canada. So, you know, whatever. But uh, I was doing all study groups for the staff there, which was a lot of fun, which helped me prepare for my RTS mastery exam. And then when I went and tested, I'd been talking about it so much, which was uh, a lot of fun. But it was more that um, much like you, I had a desire to. I didn't really care about opening a space, but I wanted to make sure that we had a space that had the autonomy to serve our clients at the highest level possible. And every time I was at the original gym I was at, when it closed, it was amazing, but it closed, we looked around for places to rent out of, and ever we tried to find somewhere, there were massive you know, bodybuilding influences where grandma wouldn't want to come in there or big open CrossFit style places and, you know, grandma wouldn't want to come in there. So how can we create a facility with machine choices, thanks to Tom teaching us about machine analysis, that we could work with anyone that had 
you know, if someone had fibromyalgia or someone had carpal tunnel, how can we actually work on elbow extensors and elbow flexors without actually bothering that? Do you have the tools? Do you have the environment? And so that's what turned into this business for you. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I would say if you're, if you're a trainer and you're trying to find your way, I see too many trainers too early in their careers thinking about opening a business before they really have acquired any knowledge. And especially down here. So in South Florida, man, like I said, you can throw a rock and hit some kind of fitness place. So what makes you different than the other 9,000 gyms? What makes you think everybody's going to flock to your place? And if, had, if I could have found a place that kind of thought like I think and had the options, and I might work somewhere. I don't know. But that, that didn't exist. I had to create it. And that was important to me to have that environment. So I created that environment because it just didn't exist. It was nothing down here that really represented what you know RTS is about and the custom fit exercise thing. So um, I spent a lot of before I opened the facility. Like I gotta mention I actually opened the business. Like I opened up SVZ and worked out of a community center for like three years between the original place I was working and opening up the doors to SVZ because I first I needed a way to break off the place I was at. So I needed somewhere to go. I wasn't ready to open up something yet. So during those three years, I got my master's degree. I started buying some equipment, some small stuff, and storing it in my house. Um, and I, luckily, a, a client of mine and a friend of mine uh, was investing in me and gave me some money so that I could buy some equipment. And uh, I just bought like what I thought I needed at the time. And I don't know, I bought like maybe six or seven pieces, found a retail spot, opened up there. And then as the years went by, I would add some things and add some things and add some things. And then I just outgrew it, man. It was there five years and it couldn't have worked out more perfect in timing, man, because my lease ended like February 1st of 2020. So like the COVID hit like right then and closed yeah. everything down. And I moved into this warehouse, and it's a, but it's a really nice one. So I doubled my space. I got this beautiful 2,500-square-foot space right now, and I was able to double my equipment. I just went on a crazy, like, binge of, like, I just I just discovered eBay for the first time, kind of. <laughs> I was going to get one piece, now I got five pieces. Um, and so I was able to move, and we're, we're kind of secluded. I don't have the visual. Like, you can't drive by, like, through the retail and have walk-bys, but getting a lot of walk-ins anyway you get some window shoppers that look through but maybe in the beginning someone might, might want to be or might consider being in a place that's highly visible and get a lot of walk-in traffic and whatnot but once you got it going you don't really need that i don't at least i didn't didn't, yeah. didn't need it anymore you know because all my clients were, were were calling in as referrals or saw an ad or something it wasn't because they just walked by getting ice cream yeah um and had i kept in a retail place i would have been paying double what i'm paying now at this place and it's a thousand percent better. I'm really happy with what it's, what it's been looking like and uh, where it's going. It's beautiful. I mean, I saw that beautiful back extension bench that Mr. Mike Ruble was not super excited about. You saying it's a crummy piece of machine. Which one? The he was joking around. The the Nautilus. I forget which what it's called. The Nautilus machine. The back extension bench with the plates that oh, modify. The, yeah. you, the, the Nautilus one. You talking yeah, about? Yeah, Mike was Mike uh, was poking at it a little bit because I think he was jealous that you got it. Oh, was it Robles? Is that Robles, right? yeah. Pardon, I said his, I said yeah, Well, I sent him. I sent him my old one, so maybe he's probably. I sent him my. Uh, I think it was an Eagle, or it was a. Uh, I'm sorry, it was a VR3 or something. It's still pretty good, though. 
It's pretty good, man. Hey, man, your spot. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, looking back on it uh, openly, like there was a few people that when I was preparing to open my place, I, your place, you had just opened yours for a year, I think, because I'm six years. Yeah, mm-hmm. a year. And there were a few other people I reached out to. And I remember asking you for advice and just asking like, but your experience. And you basically just encouraged me, like, if you think you can do it, just go for it. And you, uh, your spot was really beautiful, man. And I, I, what you're doing now, it looks absolutely amazing. I mean, you talked about this vision that you have for where the business is going next. What's next? Well, definitely want to grow the education side. In fact, um, outside of the RTS course, a couple years ago before COVID hit, I had started teaching an anatomy class. Nice, cool. And I, I kind of did it on the DL because I wanted to run through it and go through. I just invited some people I knew that would want to do it. But it occurred to me that the RTS students that did not have a background in that, like maybe had not been through the MAT internship or something, just for at least for the anatomy stuff, they don't really know where muscles attach. So when you're cueing exercises, I'm not sure they quite understand the whys behind why we cue it a certain way. And then that leads to them wanting to memorize it. And it's like, well, you know, we're trying to squeeze your shoulder blades back to create a better angle for the pecs. And you got to see these things. And there just was a lack of any education to really talk about anatomy, just in, just in a simplified way for a trainer to be able to understand what's happening on the inside of the body. And I had a few courses in exercise science, but that's the crazy thing about it is I might have one class and it was like, hey, your hamstrings, they bend your knee and extend your hip. Memorize that on the test. And that doesn't give it justice. You know, if you, if you understand what the attachment points are, you can figure out they can do a whole lot more than that. You know, like an internally rotating, externally but depending on the position. And that's incredibly valuable information. You got a client that comes in that can't bend their knee. Maybe you can't go directly to a knee curl or hip extension thing is there another way we can stimulate that tissue through another plane and if you don't understand anatomy or the physics behind it you can't you're you run out of ideas and then what you what you refer refer your client away so i realized there was a big gap in that so what i thought about was well how did i learn it how did i really figure it out and it was really just having a skeleton and some balloons right and just going on there and just playing around with all these motions and seeing can it do this can it do that can it do this can it do that you know and just messing around with it and so that i thought hey that's how we got to teach this thing i'm not going to tell them what it does i'll tell you where it attaches you figure out what it does now you have to learn it you now you can see it and feel it and so i i, I was starting to build that up and i'll probably do another one of those early next year because i it, people who did enjoyed it i enjoyed it it needed some work but um, and I know like there's been some other anatomy, like Matt, of course, Bernie, it was, it was when he used to teach, it was amazing, right? You know, he would have you blindfold yourself and pick up the bones, right. And feel for all the little bony provenances and what am I, what are you touching now? And all the, but that was more to get the sense stuff because you're doing palpations and all that. Mm-hmm. But I just want people from an exercise perspective to know what does what and what's working when you're doing something. And then there are ways we can manipulate these exercises to bias this or bias that or work around an issue um but yeah you have to have that education and the 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 formal way they teach it is i just don't think the best way to learn that stuff it's overwhelming i mean it's like history you can't really learn history from a book but if you go to the museum and you go to all these different places you really get a different sense of the experience and same with the anatomy uh joe deantonis and others who do cadaver courses i mean groundbreaking experience um for sure now i wanted to poke your brain at one more thing and i think this is kind of like my 
the big thing I want to kind of dive into you with you a bit more. You talked about starting to teach and I'll tell you for sure. I remember my first class and I was way more nervous than I wanted to be because I put up a class and like, oh, five people will sign up and I'll kind of practice my way through it and have a bit of an experience. Well, it turns out 25 people signed up. Oh, and wow. I, it was, <laughs> and it was smashed. And I think everybody thought Tom was teaching it. And I was like, oh. So anyway, oh. it was actually the Missing Link course at that time, which is a, a four-hour oh, course okay. that was coming around and it was like an intro to everything. So it was fine for me to get my feet wet. But it was a daunting experience presenting new material, not new material, but material that I had never taught formally in front of a group before to 25 people it was absolutely insane but um, I think one of the things that I've heard a lot over the years is that trainers see people like yourself as an instructor and educator like he's a trainer amazing trainer he's got clients he's successful has a business and he's a teacher and they look at it as like there's this hierarchy of growth that they become trainer and then for them to go to the next level they have to become teacher and instructor and I've seen a lot of that like it's a necessary a necessary black belt stepping stone style thing. And I was just wondering if you could speak to that. Do you think that all trainers should work towards becoming an instructor for a program or teach people? Or do you think that that might be a little played out and maybe not necessarily something that everyone should be doing? Uh, I would say no. There, I, I feel like everybody's out there doing videos and instruction now. It's way too much. It's way too much. And there's... <laughs> And, you know, I'm looking at stuff. I mean, come on, you can just go on social media for 10 minutes and you're like, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. You know, that, I, I never, by the way, I never comment on social media. I never get into debates. It's a complete waste of time. I don't know why anybody does it. You're never going to change anybody's mind on a social media platform. But do I look at my phone sometimes and shake my head like, oh, God, sure. But it, what value is it to me to go, and hey, you suck. No, come on. I mean, when you put yourself out there, and people start questioning you now if you were off it's gonna in fact it could probably hurt you you know now people are on your making comments saying that's you got that force angle wrong this ain't correct that's not correct before you know you're on the defensive i don't think that was your goal when you put that out there everybody's not gonna be your cheerleader um keep it basic try to talk depends on what you're trying to get out of your business are you trying to get more students in a class are you just trying to talk to the client Like if you're using it for to get business in terms of clientele, your stuff should be really simple and direct. I mean, people are just they just want to know what to do. They just want to work out and not hurt and have something simple they can they can follow. And all these convoluted things out there. I don't know if it's just trainers trying to overly impress with something, but I guess it's just not sexy to teach a proper way to do a curl or something. It's just always got to be some crazy exercise and uh so no i would say unless unless you have a an absolute passion for it i don't look at it as necessary there's a lot of successful trainers who don't teach formally uh they might do something else they might have a second job they might i don't know they they might do something um completely different than fitness and that's okay too man i mean um but no, being a teacher is not something that I think is required. I can think of a few people that don't teach that I really highly respect. And how do you define success in your eyes? Is it a money thing? Is it a certain amount of clients a week? Is it just you're looking for respect from your peers? Like, what's your motivation behind it? Um, I would have to ask that question first and then figure out if that's a good route for you or not. And I think people just have to figure it out for themselves. I've had a lot of students call me, like, ask me what, what should I do? Should I go to 
physical therapy school? Should I go to this internship? And I go, well, first, where do you vision yourself being? What At the end of the day, what do you see yourself doing? And uh, we got to figure that out first before you go and just take courses just to take courses and all that stuff. And I think it ends up just being busy work because you haven't really figured out yet what you want. And you're just this forever student in classes and never really making money yet. But at some point, you got to you got to make money, have a business. You got to get it done. So that brings up one more thing I want to ask you that you brought up that I'm, I'm really glad that you did. So mm-hmm. I've had people ask me over the years about like my opinion on career paths for them. In your opinion, should someone who wants to be a high-level career trainer for their entire life, should they go the traditional education route and then unpack that mindset by going to places like you mentioned, Oklahoma and stuff like that? Or do you think it'd be a wiser investment to take those resources and privately learn through different programs and tutelage, if you will, hire mentors to help them go? Which route do you think, in your opinion, I want to be careful with this because I can only speak to my college uh, and my brother went to exercise science. I know a lot of other people who went and got degrees. I've never seen anybody come out of a four year program and be ready to train anyone. And that's not a knock on them. It's just the way 99% of these degrees are based on physiology stuff. And PhDs, you know, research, and they've never worked out a day in their lives. And it doesn't tell you what to do or what to think or how to do any of that. Only value I would see in going to college, getting an exercise science degree or whatever, or, or physical therapy school, it might give you credibility in the eyes of, the, of, a, of, a, of a client to say, oh, this guy, look at the degrees, look at all that stuff. And outside of that, though, um, if it's more about the X's and O's and learning. And I'm not doing this just because I'm a, I'm a teacher and an instructor for the organization, but our RTS is an incredible job at packaging really all you need to know for the custom fit exercise experience. And then you might want to consider doing like a MBA kind of thing where you learn business techniques, right? Learn business because all the stuff when it comes to the body and exercise, all the fun things, I think you can learn outside of formal education and then why you're not in debt 200 grand you know that's the big thing about is it worth the money now i i went to the military i had it paid for yeah um but i see a lot of people in crazy debt like for this little piece of paper that it's not getting any clients you and a million other people have an exercise science degree what that still doesn't make you any better than this person or that person um so no, I, I would definitely say um, you don't need them, but I'm not going to discourage somebody either. Um, some routes do require formal education. If you ever see yourself working for a sports team, man, they're going to want you to have like a master's degree, at least in exercise science. They're going to want you to have your CSCS. So j- just to date your foot in the door, you probably should go get those things. But that doesn't mean that you're going to know what you're doing out the box. In fact, it's the worst time. Those are the worst people because they have this false sense of confidence and they lose their humbleness. And then all of a sudden they think they know what they're doing because they got, they graduated school. Dude, I knew nothing, nothing when I graduated school. If I, if I could go back and look at myself after school, I'd be embarrassed by the things that was spitting out there. Probably it was like, but that's just, that's what they teach you. That's right. Right. And then, but the thing about what I love about the RTS mo- mostly is you got, 
you can't dispute physics. It can be proven by math and you can't dispute anatomy. It, those are two things that you can prove. Right. And so though it's not a matter of, well, I learned this there. Let's look at it, man. You have a way of exploring this thing. Let's check it out. Let's look at forces. And that's what these degrees should be teaching. Uh, um, so no, I don't think it's necessary, but I wouldn't tell somebody absolutely no either. It depends on their individual, you know, circumstances and what they what they want to do. I love it, man. Steve, thank you so much. I tell you what, I wanna I think this is gonna be a good spot for us to pin in it. And I got one more thing I want to throw out there, but really quickly, uh, we got Mr. Brad Thorpe uh, saying such amazing content. So he's obviously a, a big fan. And then also uh, some we, we both know, uh, Mr. Michael Silva said a really non-committal, hey guys. So, uh, Mr. Michael, thank you so much, man, Mr. Momentum. So people are watching you, man. People are excited about you. You got some amazing stuff on the go. Now, um, we were speaking before the show, and you said that you've got some cool stuff on the horizon. You've got uh, an RTS program, I think, coming up. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So this is the first one in a while, man. We've been Everybody's been phoning me and messaging me. When's the class? When's the class? I was just waiting on the green light. So I have uh, three courses uh, starting in October, October 16th and 17th will be the trunk and spine course for the uh, second level of RTS. The uh, next one will be November 20th and 21st, which we cover the lower extremities. And then the last one, December 11th and 12th is the upper extremity. Um, you can go on either resistance training specialist.com. I think RTS one through three.com still links to that. If that's easier for people to remember, uh, you can save three hundred dollars if you sign up for all three courses at once, but by no means do you have to do that. If you you know you can only afford one or come to one, that's fine. Um, but people seem to be struggling a little bit with the site. The RTS one that's on there is for international students. That is not where you start unless you live in like uh, Indonesia or something. So this would be the perfect introductory to the RTS world. And of course, the videos are that you have to watch. It's all listed on there, so that way we can hit the ground running when you come to class. But those are the three dates. Let's check out the site. It's simple. Put it in your cart. You're in. And then uh, you can see the facility live and in person. You can play with all my new stuff. All the new toys. Steve, man, thank you so much for your time. It was really a pleasure having you on. I love and resonate with your methodology and the way you think of things. Uh, really, really refreshing to connect with someone with a, a similar background. And now that I know a similar mentor as well, uh, I'm so blown away that you had. I, honestly, I all my guys, no one that works here with me except for my head trainer, Chris, had the opportunity to meet Peter. And I just, every time I talk about him, I just wish that people did because he was this incredible juxtaposition that made you <laughs> re-question what you thought of a bodybuilder because you have this stereotype and he really did a great yep. job of connecting people. But he also, honestly, I, I don't want to fanboy him, but he did probably one of the best jobs of storytelling and getting people to sign up for that program yeah. better than anyone, anyone uh, ever. Yeah. I actually had a shirt made for him. He had the uh, Take RTS. I had one that said Sheer yeah. Happens instead of Should Happens, if you know what I mean. Sheer sure Happens. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. Anyway, Steve, thank you so much. SVZ Internal Performance. You got to check Steve's stuff out, and he's got some amazing stuff coming up. Anatomy course maybe in the future. Sounds really exciting. Um, Steve, man, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Hey, man. Appreciate you, man. I hope you can do it again, man. This is great. We will absolutely do it again in the future, and I look forward to it. Everyone, please... Check out the Fitness Pro Mentors podcast if you're watching this, and we'll uh, we'll talk to everybody soon.